the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us uh, in another episode of Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi. And I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day, and uh, hopefully you're having a blessed week. Uh, We pray that the Lord uh, Jesus Christ will bless you, bless your ministries, and we pray also that you find uh, this uh, particular uh, uh, show and also the series and the entire, uh, basically, archived um, uh, episodes to be a blessing to you, uh, to help you in your growth, and uh, not only just in learning about what Islam teaches, but also hopefully in uh, you growing in faith in uh, the, the Word of God, the Bible, and um, our ability to be able to defend what we believe in, especially to our Muslim people. With me here, uh, yet again, my dear brother Sam Shamoun, uh, who's been really spending a lot of his time with us in the last few weeks uh, doing these wonderful series related to how can we, uh, at times, use even the Quran if necessary to draw things out of it to build a bridge back to the Bible in order for us to show the truth from the Bible to our Muslim friends. And this time we've been focusing about uh, Jesus in the Quran and the many titles given to him and the implications of all of that. Sam, uh, welcome aboard, brother. My pleasure again to be here, to be used of the Lord Jesus Christ, to serve you and your audience for the glory of Christ. And again, I invoke the Lord Jesus to fill us with the Spirit, to preserve us by the Spirit, to speak truth without error, and to do it for the glory and majesty of Christ, so that Christians get strengthened and Muslims get saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a privilege, uh, brother, to have you. Last week, um, we kind of gave an overview about uh, um, uh, episodes in the past and also starting to give even more in-depth ideas about the different titles for Jesus in the Quran. And today, we would like to continue with that. Yeah, Lord willing, I think uh, we're going to need more than just another series because there's so much meat to unpack from the Quran. And again, I want to preface my use of the Quran, lest Muslims say that I believe in its authority. The reason why we're using the Quran is to show Muslims what their own source of authority teaches concerning these issues, so they're stuck with it. And we're hoping that by the grace of God, even that kernel of truth that's preserved in the Quran, that the Spirit will use it to bring Muslims to the absolute truth of who Jesus Christ is, the truth that's been preserved in the Holy Bible, God's only inspired revelation for a dying and erring mankind. So again, I just want to make it clear, the Quran is not the Word of God for me, but it's authoritative for Muslims. So I'm using their own source to show them what their source teaches and why they must come to the conclusion that Christ is the Divine Son, their only hope of salvation. So mm-hmm. I just want to make that clear. Now with that said, we can continue where we left off. We were talking about the Word of God, Jesus being the Word of God and the Spirit from Him, <clears throat> according to the Quran and its implications. What I want to do now, and Lord willing, eventually we'll get around to him being called the Messiah. What I want to do now is talk about 
the absolute sinlessness and purity of Jesus, according to the Quran, not just the Bible. We know the Bible teaches that Jesus is God in the flesh, and he's absolutely holy and sinless. But the Quran acknowledges the absolute essential purity of Jesus, as well as his blessed mother. <clears throat> A lot of people claim, and I've heard this among Christian, Christian missionaries and apologists, that the only sinless person in Islam or the Quran is Jesus. Yes and no. <clears throat> yes, that Jesus is absolutely sinless in Islam, and not even Muhammad is sinless. The Quran documents the fact that he needed to seek forgiveness. Allah rebuked him on several occasions for sins and mistakes he made. But it is not true that Jesus is the only sinless one. So is his blessed mother. So I want to talk about that and show why the Quran again ends up contradicting itself. By saying that Jesus and his blessed mother are sinless, it elevates and exalts them to divine status. Because according to the Quran, no creature is without sin. Only God, and God alone, is sinless. In fact, here, let me read it for you. In chapter 16, verse 61 of the Quran, watch what it's going to say here. <clears throat> 1661. If God should take men to task for their evil doing, if God were to call people into account for their sins, he would not leave on the earth one creature that crawls. Did you catch that? Yes. He would not leave on earth, one, not just humans, no creature would survive if God were to call people into account for their sins, because they're all sinners, they've all done evil, and then all of them deserve destruction. But he is deferring them to a term stated, and when their term has come, they shall not put it back by a single hour, nor put it forth. Now, this is repeated again in chapter 35, verse 45 of the Quran. <clears throat> in chapter 35, verse 45, it says this, If God should take men to task what they have earned, he would not leave upon the face of the earth one creature that crawls. So again, it repeats the fact, if God, in Arabic, Allah, and again, I want to be clear, I don't believe the God of the Quran is the same God of the Bible. <clears throat> we can get into that more in depth in future so shows if the Lord Jesus will. But again, it says, if God were to call mankind into judgment for what they have done, he would basically destroy every creature in existence, which means there is not a single creature who's absolutely pure in the sight of God. That's what the Quran teaches. But here's where the problem begins for the Muslims. Because if you go to chapter 3, verse 36 of the Quran, you're going to find that Jesus' maternal grandmother, Mary's mother, prayed to God and asked God, asked God to protect Mary and her offspring from Satan the outcast. I'm going to read just that last part of the verse. Chapter 3, verse 36, <clears throat> supposedly quoting the grandmother of Christ. Now we know these are not the words of Jesus or Mary or her parents, because the Quran does not accurately record the words and actions of these historical figures. But again, for argument's sake, Muslims believe this. Let's go with it. This is what Jesus' grandmother supposedly prayed. I have named her Mary, and lo, I desire your protection for her and her offspring from Satan the outcast. So this is what she prayed. O Allah, O God, you give me a daughter, I consecrate her and her child to come. Notice here the Quran says that Jesus' grandmother knew that Mary was going to give birth to someone special. How did she know that? The Quran doesn't tell us. But she says, I entrust my daughter, Mary, that you've given me, and her offspring, her child, her son, to your protection, protect them from Satan. Now, according to Muhammad, that prayer was answered. This tradition is found in all the major <clears throat> collections of Hadith, as well as in the commentators 
who comment on this passage. It's found in Bukhari, it's found in Muslim. And you'll find it in the commentaries of Jalalain, Tabari, Ibn Kathir, you name it. The who's who of Muslim scholarship, they quote this narration attributed to Muhammad. Now I'm going to read from Tafsir al-Jalalain, the commentary of the two Jalal. Notice what it says about this particular verse. Did God honor the prayer of Jesus' grandmother? Yes. Watch here. In a hadith it is stated, in a hadith it is stated, every newborn is touched by Satan and begins life by crying, except for Mary and her son, as reported by the two sheikhs, Bukhari and Muslim. Did you catch that, brother? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's very Mar- clear. Mary and her son were protected from being touched by Satan. Every newborn, no exception, every child, no exception, has been pricked by Satan upon birth, which is why they cry, but Mary and her son. Now, this means Muhammad himself was touched by Satan according to this narration, correct? That's correct. That's correct, because so he, you, he didn't include himself in this. No, he said everyone, the only exception is Mary and her son. That's correct. So it's quite, quite clear there. Now, let me read what Ibn Kathir says. Ibn Kathir <clears throat> quotes this same narration, and he says, Allah accepted her supplication or prayer, for Abdul Raza recorded that Abu Huraira said that the messenger of Allah said, so there is now, this is the statement of Muhammad. Who better than Muhammad to know the meaning of these verses? Every new, newly born baby is touched by shaitan when it is born. Every, meaning Muhammad as well, Muhammad's parents, you name it. And the baby starts crying because of this touch, except Maryam, the Arabic form of Mary's name, and her son. Abu Huraira then said, read if you will. Now notice what he's going to quote to confirm this narration. And I seek refuge with you for her and for her offspring from Shaytan, the outcast. The two sahis recorded this hadith. So did you catch it? That's correct. Do it's, you see? It's right According here. To, yep. but, it's right okay. here in front of me, brother. It's right here. I'm looking at Ibn Kathir right now. So you're reading it in confirmation. And by the way, they can read all this on my website and my articles. I even link to these commentaries, which are now available, most of them anyway, in English online for free. So look up the information on the website or look up videos of where I've lectured or debated these issues. It's all there. And this is information we need to use for the glory of Christ to show Muslims how great Jesus is, even according to their book, which, although not the Word of God, is authoritative for them. Amen. And but I want to add something, brother, here, and to all of my listeners. Uh, one of the great things about the, our dear brother Sam is that he will not just take words without confirming the sources. And in fact, uh, I attribute a lot of the um, hard work, uh, basically, of translating these commentaries to the type of work he's doing, because many of these commentaries used to be uh, commentaries and continue to be in Arabic, so not every Muslim, believe it or not, knows how to read Arabic. So, the dear brother, he took the time uh, to work with me and others to translate yeah. them so that he's not really appearing as if that's his opinion, but rather he's reporting the opinion of renowned Islamic scholars. Yeah, and I thank the Lord for your love and uh, appreciation for my work, and I and I have to return the favor, and I'm not just saying it because of your praise and accolades of me. Everything good comes from the Lord, but if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be on your show. <clears throat> Likewise, uh, I've been blessed by your ministry and by your health. You're truly a gem that the Lord Jesus has raised for the Church. May he continue to bless you until you and use you as a mighty soldier that you are for the glory of Jesus. So God bless you and your work and preserve you and your loved ones, for His glory in Jesus' name. So I thank you for your service. Glory to God. <clears throat> thank you. Now, so you see it's clear, right? Mary and Jesus, 
have not been touched by Satan. But don't forget why this is important. According to 1661 and 3545 of the Quran, every creature has sinned, every creature is an evildoer, that if Allah were to call into account, he would destroy them for their evil doing. But he gives them respite, he gives them grace. And yet Mary and Jesus were protected from the touch of Satan. But it gets a little better, for us at least, not for the Muslims. Chapter 19, verse 19 of the Quran, this is what it says about the conception and birth of our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Spirit is speaking to Mary, not Gabriel. According to this chapter, it was the Spirit himself that appeared in human form, pronounced to Mary that he's going to cause her to get pregnant supernaturally without sexual intercourse in order to give birth to the Most Holy Son. Because notice what it says in 1919. The, the Spirit said there, I am only a messenger, I am only an apostle from your Lord, to give you the gift of a holy, most pure boy. Other translations will say, <clears throat> a sinless son, or a, a flawless son, or a righteous son, or a holy son, because it's Zakiyan. And you know Arabic. Zakiyan means purity. It means something or someone that's pure, correct? Absolutely, and I, I'm looking here at a number of translations, for instance, Pechtel, Yusuf Ali, Shakir, uh, and uh, others. All of them are using these uh, different synonyms, faultless, holy boy, uh, purified, and so on and so forth. Something that's never said of Muhammad. Muhammad is rebuked left and right in the Quran for sinning and for disappointing Allah, and he's even threatened by his own deity, his own Lord, that if he doesn't toe the line, that Allah will kill him and shame him. And maybe, Lord willing, in a future session, we can talk about the sins of Muhammad, according to the Quran, and how much <clears throat> rebuking and threat, threat he received from his Lord. Now, with that said, let me look at what it says about Mary. Chapter 3, verse 42. Chapter 3, verse 42. I'm going to read it from the Pixar translation. And when the angel said, O Mary, Lo, Allah has chosen thee, and made thee pure, made thee pure, and has preferred thee above all the women of creation. Now, astonishingly, this passage makes two assertions about the Blessed Mother of our Lord. Notice, it doesn't say this about Muhammad's mother. It doesn't say this about Muhammad's wives. It doesn't say it about his daughters, because Muslims claim that Muhammad is the perfect man, and he is the Lord of all the messengers. You know, in Arabic, you know Arabic better than I. He's called Sayyid and Mursaleen, the Lord, the Master of those sent. And he's also called Al-Insan Al-Kamil, the perfect man. Now, remember what we said in the previous show? Make a distinction between what Islamic theology later develops from what the Quran teaches. The Quran denies that Muhammad is the perfect man, and it denies that he's the master of all messengers. This is something that comes from later Islamic thought, as they tried to make Muhammad more than he was, and elevate him even above the Lord. But as far as the Quran is concerned, he's the master of no one. But in 342, notice what it says about Mary. Allah made her pure. And not only made her pure, he chose her, preferred her above all women of all creation. In other words, the Quran testifies that the blessed mother of Christ, not the mother of Muhammad, not his wives, not his daughters, is the greatest woman that God ever created. Now I want to focus on that phrase, pure, because now I'm going to give you what the commentaries <clears throat> say about this phrase. What does it mean that Allah made her pure? This commentary is Tanwir al-Mikbah min Tafsir ibn Abbas. It's a commentary attributed to ibn Abbas, which you can read online for free, on al-Tafsir.com. Al-Tafsir.com. And watch this. When the angels, and when the angels, i.e. Gabriel, said, O Mary, lo, Allah has chosen thee with Islam and worship. 
and made thee pure. Now watch this. Pure from what? Disbelief. The association of partners with Allah and blemishes. So Allah, God, made Mary pure, free from all blemishes. In other words, she was conceived and created sinless. Here's another commentary. This is called the Kashani Tafsir. God has elected you, Mary, because of you being above lust, meaning she was free of all lust, and made you pure from the vices of reprehensible character traits and attributes. So again, this commentary, a Muslim commentary, affirms on the basis of this passage that Mary is absolutely pure and sinless. Let me read one final one. Al-Kushayri Tafsir. This is all found on al-Tafsir.com. Now watch this. And purified you from what is indecent. So Allah kept you pure from what is indecent and sinful by a beautiful immunity. So she's free of all indecencies and sinfulness by a beautiful immunity. And then it says, and no woman can ever be compared to you until the day of resurrection. Did you catch that? Amen. Amen. And by the way, brother, I just I'm, I'm, I know you know this, but even if you look just at chapter three, verse thirty-six, and when uh, when she uh, her mother basically says, "I dedicate her to you," uh, at, uh, and I ask your protection from Satan. In the next verse, it says that God also accepted that and He raised her well. Basically, God exactly. Himself yeah, raised her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Provided for her, took care of her, loved her, preferred her, and made her pure from conception. How did he purify her? He made sure that when she was conceived, she would be conceived free of all impurities, defects like her blessed son. And she's even called uh, a saintly woman, a righteous woman in chapter 5 or 75. Chapter 5 or 75 says, The Messiah, the son of Mary, was no more than an apostle. Other apostles passed away before him. His mother was a saintly woman. So now let's bring up the implication with the time remaining. And Lord willing, we'll do future shows to go more in depth because there's a lot more meat to unpack by the grace of Jesus for the glory of Christ. 1661 and 3545 the Quran say, there is no creature, no creature, no creature that is absolutely sinless, pure, flawless, <clears throat> immune from imperfection. In fact, it says if Allah were to judge mankind for what they have done, he would not leave a single creature alive. But hold on. The same Quran says in chapter 3, verse 36 to 42, and chapter 19, verse 19, which the Hadith and the commentators confirm both the Lord Jesus and his Blessed Mother were absolutely pure from conception and remained pure and sinless all the way to the time that Allah, or God, called them home, took, took them to their heavenly abode. Now let's bring out the implication. If no creature, no creature is sinless, and Mary and Jesus are sinless, then how can they be mere creatures? Do you see the problem? That's right. That's right. So they're and special. this is not my problem. Yeah. This, this is the Quranic problem. 1661. Let me mention the verses again, lest the Muslims deny this. 1661 of the Quran and 3545. No creature would be left alive if Allah were to call them into account for their evil doing. But Mary and Jesus are absolutely sinless, absolutely pure, absolutely immune from all imperfections, defects, lust, sins, etc. Well, if no creature can be absolutely pure and no creature is absolutely pure, and yet Jesus and Mary are absolutely pure, guess what? Muhammad ends up elevating Mary and her blessed son to the status of divinity, because although they're human, they're not merely human. They must be more than human. They must be divine. Lo and behold, Muhammad is guilty of doing the very thing he accuses Christians of, because in chapter 5, verse 116, 
he reports a conversation that will supposedly take place between Jesus and Allah, where on that day Allah will say to Jesus, Oh Jesus, did you tell mankind to take you and your mother as two gods in the place of, besides Allah? And Jesus is going to deny that. But hold on. It's Muhammad who now turns Mary and Jesus into two gods besides Allah. Because for them to be absolutely sinless and perfect and pure, they have to be divine. They can't be mere creatures. That means Muhammad has now depicted Mary and Jesus as two gods in human form, in human flesh. Therefore, Muhammad stands condemned by his own Quran because he's now turned Allah, Mary, and Jesus into three divinities. Well, obviously... Uh, absolutely, and as you know, um, Muhammad was known to react to events around him, and most most likely he got a pushback on that, and somehow, of course, he realized he elevated him, now he has to knock him down again. Unbelievable. Like I said in the previous show, the real miracle of the Quran is that people think it's miraculous, because it's full of contradictions and errors and inconsistencies, showing we cannot be the Word of God, and it says things about Jesus that show that he cannot be merely human, he has to be more than human, he must be eternal, he must be divine, he must be God in the flesh. But at the same time, it says things about Mary that makes her divine. And by the way, I don't know how, how we're doing on time, but I just want to make, make it clear to the audience, why would Muhammad affirm the absolute sinlessness of Mary? And the reason why is, when Islam was produced, it was produced in the 7th century Arabia, about 600 years after the birth of our Lord. The kind of Christians that Muhammad is interacting with were not Protestants. He was interacting with Byzantine Christians, which for the most part is represented by the Orthodox and the Catholic Church today. He's also interacting with Neophysites and Nestorians. What these groups had in common was a belief in Mary's purity, and they also believed in her bodily assumption, at least some of them, if not all of them. So it makes sense that Muhammad would be speaking of the essential sinlessness and purity of Mary in light of the historical context in which these passages were composed. Because the Christians you were dealing with, one of the titles given to her is Panagia. Panagia, Pan means all, and Hagia means all holy. So one of the titles of Mary, not only is she the perpetual virgin, she's also called the all holy one, Panagia. And lo and behold, what do you find in Islam? Mary is a perpetual virgin. Islam calls her al-Batul, meaning the virgin, because she was born a virgin, she remained a virgin, so that it affirms the perpetual virginity of Mary and her all-holiness. And you see why. Because again, he's trying to win these Christians over to Islam, but little does he realize he's digging his own grave. <clears throat> Absolutely. And... Um... This is, uh, hopefully, my audience are uh, realizing why um, we're doing this series with our dear brother here, uh, because of this uh, depth of knowledge. And the reason why I like to have Sam is that I don't want people to, th- to assume, just because I come from a Muslim background, maybe I have this anger and hatred toward Islam, and I, I'm trying to manipulate things about Islam, where we have a brother here who invested all of his ministry career in studying it, and you've heard him many times state that I don't want to misrepresent the Quran. I want to say exactly what the Quran says, because our job is really not to manipulate facts, but rather to lay the facts according to their own sources. You have no idea how many times Muslims attack me by using my own Bible, claiming that this is what the Bible teaches and taking this out of context, and we don't want to do the same fouls here. Precisely. I want to speak the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit for the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray I do it in a more loving fashion, but in a more bold fashion, because Jesus is worthy, He is risen, He is alive, and the Lord Jesus will return in glory. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen, brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the last minute, brother, tell people how they can get a hold of you once again. Yep. 
I appreciate it. Like I said, if anyone wants to continue go more in depth in these uh, these uh, <clears throat> sources, they can go to answeringislam.net or answering-islam.org. Go to individual authors, look for my name, Sam Shamoon. You'll find dozens and dozens of articles, rebuttals, touching on these various topics, some of which we discussed today. They can also go to answeringislamblog.wordpress.com. All my latest articles will appear there before they appear on the main site. They can also find me on YouTube, put Sam Shamoon. And on the website, they'll find my email. And if they're interested in inviting me to come and speak or to do even uh, Zoom or Skype sessions, I'm available. This is what I do, full-time ministry for the glory of Jesus. So appreciate your prayers and your support for me and my family. Christ is risen, risen indeed, and thank you, brother. Amen. And uh, the same is true here. You can come to our website and listen to this episode and many others as well on sirainternational.com. Sira, that's C as in Charlie. And we have the archive for the show, and also we have other videos as well. We uh, covet your prayers, and uh, we thank you for taking the time to listen to us. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.